Welcome to another episode of Mac and Joe Talk on a Podcast. Hello everyone and thanks for joining us for another episode. As always, we are happy to be back here with you guys. Thank you so much for your support. Everything you've given us, say hello, Joe. Hello. Just hello. <laughs> Have a good week. Did I not listen? Did I not follow your instructions? You follow my instructions to, to the, the letter. To, to the, the letter. We have some good stuff today. I think we have some interesting conversation on Batman on film celebrating an anniversary. We have a July film preview. We have yep. some news and notes. Um, and then we have some, some interesting theme park stuff from, from Disneyland yep. specifically. And, uh, yeah, let's just jump on into it. Absolutely. As always, Joe, give us a Game of Thrones update. Where are we at? Okay. In the story? Well, we did watch one last night. We're still in season one, but we're in, but we're getting towards the end of season one. I guess there's 10 episodes. We yeah. finished up, uh, episode eight. Yeah. So there's two episodes to go. Um, uh, Ned Stark is in prison and his son, I forget his Rob. name, Rob is going to lead a, is going to lead an army against the Lannisters. Cause Joffrey is king now. Cause Joffrey's king and his mother is crazy. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> whose mother? Oh yeah. She's, <laughs> she is something. Uh, Cersei Lannisters, who's he's talking about? Yeah, Cersei. Then, yeah, Cersei. We met Tywin for the first time. Tywin Lannister. That's the dad. That's the dad. Okay, we, we met we met him a couple episodes before. Um, and then Tyrion is reunited. Tyrion, with his dad. Tyrion is reunited. Yeah, he, he he has escaped. He he has he has the gift of the silver tongue. He he does not have a he and yes he and Jamie are very different, but they have very different gifts, and they will use those gifts very differently. Uh, in the game to come, as it were. The game. So, yeah. With a couple episodes left in the first season, yeah. there will be some big, big turn of events happening at the end of the first season. Obviously, they leave you with some cliffhangers and things like that. So, Gotcha. Yeah, the end of the, the first uh, season will end with... Um, it's uh, Yeah, it's insane, the last couple episodes. But it's right. good. It sets up a lot. Right. We will keep you guys updated, as yep. always. Um, this... Just, what? I was just gonna say if I just if I go crazy, I might have to watch a couple episodes a day. We'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see. I haven't I haven't quite jumped on the train yet. I mean, I'm, I mean, you're pretty into it. You're I'm, liking I, it. I am interested, yes, but I'm still kind of poking fun at it. You know, <laughs> if, you didn't, if you didn't like it, you wouldn't watch That's it. That's true. That's true. It's it's starting to get a little more interesting. It's, yes, the plots now that you know the characters yes. for the most part. Yes. The plots now start to move. It yes. starts to move forward a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So it gets going well. Yeah. Um, some exciting news for me. For you, I am yeah. going to Star Wars Celebration in, in 2020. Planning your costume, buddy. I don't think – I've never cosplayed at any event um, <laughs> or anything start. like that. You got to start. You know, cosplay is not a requirement to go. Oh, um, they wow. Star Wars Celebration does not give out media passes. Um, so it would have been hard for me to get anyways. Um I just uh, I went on the website maybe like an hour after tickets were on sale. Um, the four day pass was already sold out, um, and I just you know I saw the one day pass. It was relatively cheap, and I was like, you know what? It's the one time it's in Anaheim. 
I might as well just go to Disneyland, just be there, and just go for one day. There you go. So for me, it's kind of like I'm going to go on the Saturday of Star Wars Celebration, August 2020, whenever that is. Cool. Um, just experience it. Go for the day. Spend a couple of days in Disneyland. Doesn't sound like a bad uh, proposition for me, but I'm very excited. It's something very that cool. I have never been to. Um, and again, something that I personally spoke about in my life, I want to go to more events like these and, you know, these, these cons and things like that. Cause for me, that's exciting. Um, that's what makes me happy. So I'm very, very excited about going. Um, cool. So yeah. Um, cool, cool. Yep. Um, this is something that also makes me very happy. Yep. Uh, the Muppet right, movie, right the Muppet movie is celebrating this month. It's 40th film anniversary. Um, Fathom Events is actually having a special screening of the Muppet movie twice later on in the month. I do plan on going. I don't know when yet. Um, yeah. Any any thoughts on the Muppet movie, Joe? It's it's literally been years since I've it's, seen it. It's probably it. been 10 or 15 years since I've seen the movie, to be honest. I don't even remember it's what it's time. about. <laughs> I've seen the Muppet Christmas Carol. They're on a... I see the Muppet <laughs> Christmas Excuse Carol me. every year. Yeah, I've seen the Muppet Christmas Carol more recently than I've seen the Muppet movie. So it's on. they're on kind of a road <laughs> trip, <laughs> and there's, um, you know, they, there's a lot of cameos and things like that. It's kind of like another Muppet movie. So a lot of people remember it for the song Rainbow Connection. Nope. Um, nope. Sorry. That's okay. Kermit the Frog sings the song Rainbow Connection. It's it's kind of a popular song. I'm not going to sing it for you right okay, here. Okay, too bad. Um, I don't have a good voice. I'm not going to pretend like I do. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I like the Muppets. It's one of the things that I grew up on personally. So, you know, I'll go check it out. Um, I'm still hoping that there's been talks of a Disney Plus series with the Muppets. I'm still hoping that's a possibility at some point. But who knows? Joe's just looking at me like I'm a moron. So... <laughs> We're going to move on. Nothing's changed. This. How is that any different? I don't oh, know. Just, just one kidding. day, I hope just you're going to. Just kidding, buddy. There's always one day that you're going to treat me like an equal Joe. Oh, jeez. Uh, this news will not make Joe happy or doesn't care about it. I don't know. You're right. I uh, Marvel Spider-Man Far From Home will run exactly 129 minutes, which means all MCU films to date will total 3,000 minutes exactly, which, of course, could be a reference to I Love You 3000. Now they... What is that? Uh, in uh, in Endgame, when Tony Stark uh, tells his daughter, um, I Love You 3000, or she tells him, I Love You 3000. Oh, okay. Yeah, because this is so connected. Yeah. Right. They, 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 Kevin Feige planned to do him exactly 3000 minutes, and that's part of his genius of being... Come on. So they, what they, are you even talking they about? They have come out, and they've said it's purely coincidental. <laughs> Dumb. Um, and the I Love You 3000 thing is something Robert Downey Jr. says to his okay, daughter. Okay, so okay. he brought that in. Um, he brought he made that a personal line. The fact that it's happened is, is uh, you know, coincidental. Um, but it is kind of cool. It is kind of clever, I think. Yeah, until they um, come out with another movie and it's not 3000 anymore. Well, all 3000 will be the first three the first three phases of films. Okay, okay. All right. I, I don't, I, That's significant, buddy. I'm yeah, glad we touched on that. You know what? When I'm enjoying Kevin, the Kevin movie... Feige's a mastermind because he made all the movies out of the 3,000 and he just happened to have a line. <laughs> when I'm enjoying Spider-Man on Tuesday, you will not be there. I'm going. I will be... I'm going. I will be in heaven just yes, sitting there by myself. Uh, it's going to be great. He's going to shed a tear when, when, when Peter Parker is all... <laughs> morose because Tony Stark died. 
I'm sorry, you guys can't see this. My back's just so bad. He's There's so, a reason. He's so bad right there now. There was a question before about why don't you guys stream the podcast. This would be one of the reasons why. Because <laughs> I don't want you to see my face. Um, oh, come on. It's honest. a good bug. It's a good so, bug. Um, let's hop on into some other yeah, stuff. fan questions. Fan questions. Do you want to read this one, Joe? Sure. Why not? Um, it says, hello, this is Megan from Michigan. I don't have a question, but I just want to shout out. So shout out to All Megan right. from Michigan for listening. Sh- sh- shout out to Megan from Michigan. This is Mac and Joe from San Ho. Zay, uh, listening. So I don't know. I thought that was fun to put in. That is, so that I, is. That's uh, good. We appreciate all of you guys listening. We do. Across um, the United States. So yeah, that's great. That's great stuff. Yep. Um, all over. Uh, another question. This is a follow-up question. Love the ranking segments of the show, which we've talked about before. You guys <coughs> respond really well to that. Due to Toy Story 4 being released, can you relate? Can you... Re- due to... Oh, my God. Due to Toy Story 4 being released, can you rank the Pixar films? There are 21 films, so I was a little apprehensive of doing this because I felt like it'd take a long time. But knowing Joe, he probably yeah. hasn't seen a bunch of them. Um, I'll be honest. Let me preface it. I've seen less than half of the Pixar movies. So it might not take as long It's not going to take me very I long thought. to do my list at all. Um, so so uh, to, to be honest, my 8 through 21, it does not matter because they're all the same. And it's the same. It's going to be the movies I haven't seen. Or I haven't seen all the way through. How about you just give me the ones you haven't seen? Okay. So all that right. way we'll There's just quite a few. break off some of all them. All right. All right. Uh, I, and they're in, this is in no particular order. Really like just I haven't said. seen them. Haven't seen them. Toy Story 4, Toy Story 3, Coco, Cars 3, 2, 1, Finding Dory, Inside Out, Monsters University, Monsters, Inc., Brave, Wally, Ratatouille, and A Bug's Life. So how many does that leave you with? That leaves me with seven. Seven Pixar films out of 21. So I've seen 30. You just listed 14 films right there? I just listed... That didn't make sense. You list, you just gave me 14 films? Yes, Cars 1, 2, and 3. Yeah, I said that. 14 films. I know. This kind of puts a damper on the whole list thing. All right, so you went all the well, way let's, down let's, to let's, you went all the way down to 7 then, right? I went all the way down to so 7. So you have 7 left. All right, yeah, so I'm just I'm going to go that's mine. Fine. 21 that's fine. Go through for it, 8. Go then. for it. Go for it. Uh, number 21 is uh, Cars 2. It is the only Pixar film. It's the only Pixar film that is "quote unquote" rotten. I think it's better rotten? than what. Yeah. Oh, rotten for Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I think it's better than what people give it credit for. I did not dislike it. I just think there's better films. Uh, Twenty is the Good Dinosaur. You didn't like the Good Dinosaur. I didn't love it. It was it was good, uh, but for Pixar, just being good means it's on the lower echelon of the films. Okay. Uh, number nineteen is Brave. Uh, I, I liked the story. I liked the characters, um, but it is definitely a, a princess film, so it geared more to that type of story. So I didn't connect with it so much. Uh, number eighteen is A Bug's Life. Uh, liked A Bug's Life, um, but again, it's really early Pixar animation. Uh, the story is very, very basic, um, but again, it's only the second one, so it certainly holds a special place in my heart for that. But doesn't crack the top part for me. Uh, Monsters University is number 17. I enjoy uh, the characters. I love going on the ride, but again, that's mostly for the first film. I have the first film ranked much, much higher. Uh, Monsters University. Mac loves an, Monsters. Inc. It's an enjoyable film. It just doesn't necessarily add anything to the first film. 
Uh, number 16 is Cars 3. I thought it was a huge improvement from Cars 2. Uh, I like the characters of Cars. I like Lightning McQueen. Uh, Cruz Ramirez, Mater, I like all those characters. I thought it was a very, very fun movie. I thought it was a fitting way to end the Cars franchise, if it does indeed end. I uh, really, really liked that movie. Number 15 is Finding Dory. This is a film that I was very, very mixed on. Not nearly as good as Finding Nemo for me. Uh, it feels... Um, it's really, really fun. It's really, really good. Uh, when you put it side to side next to Finding Nemo, it's hard to compare um, but putting it in the list, it kind of finds its way around the middle. Number 14, this feels low to me, but again, it's mostly just because there's so many other good films in here. Uh, 14 is Cars, the first one. Okay. Um, I love it, and I and I hold a special place in my heart because it did inspire, obviously, the land in Disney, California. Um, but again, there's just so many other good films in front. Again, this film feels low to me also. It's 13 is Inside Out. Um amazing amazing film it's just just so many good films and this is going to surprise joe number 12 is incredibles 2 wow Um, again that's very surprising yeah it's i'm shocked you know it's um it's what 13 12 12 um and i didn't crack the top 10 no and again i think this oh my gosh you loved that movie i love it it was in my top 10 of last year the script i haven't flipped anything yeah you did you Uh, were like you were all on board, you like it's my favorite movie of all time. My favorite movie of it's all time. It's my favorite Disney Pixar movie of all time. No, the I loved Incredibles it. is my okay. The Incredibles is what we talked okay. about before. So why did you have it so low? Tell me, explain. It. Yes, it wasn't low. It wasn't. It low. It was not low, but um, it's, it's about in the middle. It's about in the middle. Again, the other films, Incredibles two was made more of a connection because of how much I loved the first one. Okay. Uh, I loved how they advanced the story. I loved the new characters. I loved the development. Um, I just felt like the other stories in front were better stories, um, had better ideas. Um, Incredibles two very much is just another adventure in the life of this family of the Incredibles, which I loved. Um, but the other stories in front of it to me just hold a, a different place. Okay. So that's all. Number 11 is the original is Toy Story. That's disappointing. Disappointing, I know. So disappointing. So disappointing. Uh, amazing characters, amazing I'd love to see what our fans think of, the, of our rankings. Sure. I mean, we want people to comment and rip well, us I'm and just saying, yell at us. Well, I'm just saying, like, do they, do they, what, what, what do they think of our, of our some rankings? Some people agree. Some people disagree. Some people call mostly you moron at times. But, do they really? You know. That's okay. That's I, just, I deserve that for making fun of your for somewhat. Um, again, it has nothing to do with. I think Toy Story is bad. I just view these other films in a different light in terms of just better, in my personal okay. opinion. Okay. Uh, number ten is up. Um, probably has the best five minutes of any Pixar film in the beginning. Um, it's so good. the The character of Carl is maybe my favorite Pixar character. Not my. It's probably my second favorite Pixar character. Um, it's a beautiful film. It's, it's obviously tells the story of Carl and, you know, he's, he's searching for a new life as it were and trying to escape. And, um, yeah, it's a touching story. You find he bonds and it's, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful story. Uh, I loved it very deeply. Uh, number nine is the film I talked about last week, uh, is Wally. I think it's very, very good. Um, again, the first Pixar film in space. Um, you know, it would be hard you know, the premise is of you as an audience member caring about two sentient beings. Um, 
you know, and you do. You fall for both of these characters, especially Wally, um, who is really a robot out of time. Um, and you feel for him and you care for him and you want him to succeed. I think that's the brilliant, brilliance of the film is wanting this character to succeed. Uh, number eight is uh, Toy Story 2. Uh, I think it is an improvement on the first one. I think it does continue on the story. Uh, the introduction of Jesse um, definitely adds a lot to the overall Toy Story legacy. Uh, again, this really feels like a... Um, Toy Story really feels like it's the beginning of a journey. Toy Story 2 really feels like we're continuing this journey and it adds on to it uh, as well. So I think almost all the Toy Story films, for the most part, have gotten better as they go. Um, but Toy Story 2 is my number eight. So now we're down to films that Joe has actually seen. Mm-hmm. Um, so why which, don't which you... isn't going to line up with anything that you did. Well, that's all right. So why don't you go ahead and just give me your number seven film, Joe. Toy Story 2. It's the only one. It's the one at the bottom of my list. I didn't think it was that great. It was disappointing. <laughs> well, it's disappointing about it for you. It's, been it's a, a sequel. It's that. a sequel. Sequels generally aren't good, and and okay, I I I, I don't know. I just wasn't. I wasn't. Uh, the first one had such a such a charm to it. Yeah, the first one was very near and dear to my heart. It was the very very first movie that Pixar ever made. Um, I could recite the whole movie to you at one point. Toy Story two just did not have that same. I mean, it was. It was it was this it was good, but I didn't I didn't think it held a candle to the original one. Okay, fair enough. Uh, number seven for me is Toy Story four. Um, I absolutely the more I've been thinking about it, the more I absolutely love this film. Again, Toy Story what overall what they've done you know I'll talk about Toy Story three when we get there, but this really feels like an epilogue to the greatest animated kind of film series of all time. Um, I mean, I guess you can make an argument for another one if you can think of it. Um, but it really feels like, again, these are characters, these are toys, but you care about them and you care about their journey and what they go through. Um, and especially for Woody, Toy Story 4 really feels like this is Woody's film. Um, you know, Toy Story 3 was a big transition for him from Andy to Bonnie. Um, and now Andy is, you know, a different toy and it's changed and, What's a toy's responsibility? What does a toy feel? Um, what's the purpose of a toy? Um, and it's it's beautiful. I cried several times in the theater. Um, it's a beautiful, beautiful film. And I loved uh, every minute of it. Um, I just so, yeah. ranked it number seven. Not, yeah. Not number one. That's correct. So what's okay. your number six? Again, I mean, I ranked it very, very higher than you because it's, again, I have seven, I have seven films I've seen. The Good Dinosaur, it was better than Toy Story 2. Um, I enjoyed it. It okay. was it was original. It was cute. It didn't really have. Uh, I I enjoyed the story. I enjoyed the story it was trying to tell about how the dinosaur has to find his has his own place mm-hmm. and has to kind of make his own way. And you know, it's still it's still it, it went very much along the theme of a Pixar type movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I enjoyed it. I just enjoyed it better than Toy Story too. Good. Uh, number six for me is Coco. Uh, loved the film. It you know it's the first film that obviously you know celebrates um, a different culture, the Mexican culture, um, different premise that we've ever seen before. Um, the characters obviously go on a different type of journey. There's some couple shocking twists, but again, it really revolves around the idea of family 
togetherness, remembering those that we've lost. Uh, again, they, they obviously travel to the land of the dead, um, and it talks about family and legacy and what that means. Um, being a, a part of a family, kind of what is your role, what is your tradition, um, and it really reinforces that as well. So uh, number six for me was Coco. Um, number five for me uh, was Up. Again, like the first five, I couldn't agree with you more. The first five minutes of the movie, I was bawling my eyes out. Um, first time I had ever actually like felt emotionally well, not 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 emotionally. It's the first time Joe's ever felt emotion in his life. It's okay, the first okay. Five minutes um, no, um, it was it was I was un, it was unexpected, but I really did like the curmudgeon that was Carl. Yeah, um, he just reminded me of you know any typical grandparent, you know a little a little a little gruff, yeah. and you know was trying to find. Like like you said, he was trying to find meaning in his life after um, after his wife after his wife passes right. away. What um, is his purpose? And yeah, he finds it. Yeah, so I thought I thought it was great. I loved it. Good. Uh, number five for me is Finding Nemo. Uh, obviously, this is a landmark film. It's a wonderful film. Um, again, it you know a lot of these the themes throughout our, our family and things like that. But you could say that about a lot of movies. Um, but it, you know. It's just wonderful. It has wonderful characters, uh, small parts, big parts. You know, Crush is in the film. It's a very small part, but again, it has memorable characters, memorable moments. Um, you know, the the willingness and the lengths that a father will go um, for his child, um, or for any parent will do for their child. Um, the love, the the uncommon bond, um, the friendships made along the way. Um, beautiful, beautiful story. So, Finding Nemo for me was number five. Okay, number four for me was Incredibles, the first one. Uh, I thought it was very good. I loved the fact that it was it told an original story. It was kind of like the uh, where do heroes go when they're kind of shunned from society, and how do they find again? How do they find their place? Um, I would. I mean, this would be an interesting discussion to talk for to talk on a different day, but. I actually think the stories in Pixar films are actually I don't want to say better, but they're they're certainly different than Disney animated movies, would yeah. you say? Yeah. Um and that would be an interesting discussion, which would be better, the Disney animated films or the Pixar films. Mm-hmm. Um because I think they tell vastly different stories. Right. Um in terms of the stereotypes that are given or not given. Um, but Incredibles one I thought was great. Uh, I liked the fact that it's, you know, like it, it was centered around Mr. Incredible who's trying to, you know, be a father and he, all he wants to do is save people's lives. Right. And now he's trying to find his place. And I just, there were certain scenes in the movie where I just, I laughed out loud so hard. Um, like when he slay slant when he gets out the car and he slams the door shut and then he breaks the door and then the neighbors look yeah at him. the neighbors the neighbors kids looking at him it's just so funny yeah uh, that cracks me up so yeah Incredibles one number four cool number four for me is Monsters Inc uh, love the film love the two main characters um, you know really touching the bond that they have amongst each other 
again, what Pixar does brilliantly is they find these characters that maybe you wouldn't normally root for and you care about them so deeply. Um, and now you, it's, it's a film about monsters and that are scaring kids. And obviously they go through a journey of, of learning what that means and things like that and having an actual interaction with the kid. But you care about these characters a lot. You kind of grow up with these characters. Um, it's, it's fascinating. It's a fascinating film. I rewatch it once, at least once every year. Uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful film. So, uh, Monsters, Inc. is my number four film. Okay, number three, slightly above the original, was Incredibles 2. I thought it I thought it expanded It's a on, sequel, though, Joe. It is a sequel, but, uh, again, my choices were limited, so um, I thought it was better than Toy Story, vastly better than Toy Story 2. Um, uh, it was funny. It, it was great. I loved the fact that it was a... You know, a father, a stay like a that, that it portrayed kind of the stay-at-home dad trying to struggle with the the duties of the at, at home. Right. You know, helping his helping his the fact that he was the fact that I was able to relate to him when he said, "When did they change math?" I thought that was so funny. Um, it was just it was just an enjoyable film. Um, I I it was better than the original. You're right. Um, it was still a sequel. I didn't really particularly care for the story as much, but I thought there were more moments in the film where I was laughing and I was enjoying what I was seeing. That makes sense. Um, the story wasn't that original. I, it was kind of a similar to the original story. I actually thought the original story was better, mm-hmm. but I found myself enjoying and laughing out loud more in the second one than I Good. did in the first one. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad you liked it. Okay. Uh, number three is Toy Story 3. I think this is, uh, to me, it's not close. So this is the best Toy Story film. Um, hmm. The Not close, he says. Yeah, I mean, Toy Story 2, 4, and 1, they're all kind of, they're, they're so good. Um, they're all so good. Uh, but Toy Story 3 really separates itself. Um, you know, this is when... Andy does not have his toys anymore. And we start to learn kind of what that, that means, you know, a kid's You know what it's like as a kid, you grow up and you learn to not play with toys and you, you kind of grow away from that. But what happens to the toys? What happens to those things? What's a toy's life? And then they kind of go through this daycare uh, where they meet other toys and they kind of learn about the kids growing up and, um, then they meet Bonnie and it's, you know, the toy's purpose is not for the toys. It's about growing up and, and, you know, being a part of a kid's life and being there. And I think it's really, really touching. The last 10 minutes, I, I cried the entire time. Every time I see it, it's that beautiful. Um, when Andy and Bonnie are, um, when Andy's giving Bonnie the toys, I think it's a beautiful, it's, you know, it's a beautiful, beautiful moment. Um, I loved everything about it. So Toy Story 3 is my number three film. Mac, Mac, do you need a tissue? I got some tissues right over. No, I'm good. Okay, I'm, uh, right. I'm gonna tough. I'm gonna know, tough through know, this last moment right here. I, 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 I do get a little emotional. It's, uh, it's, it's good. I'm I'm tearing up thinking about it. It's a good All movie. Right. Uh, number two. I don't know if you're making fun of me or not, but it would be it would be a little of both. It would be uncool of me, uncool of you to do that. A little of both. A little of both. Um, <sighs> number two. Uh, <laughs> it was. Uh, it was probably – it, this is the second best, in my opinion, the second best Pixar film that I've seen, that I've seen. 
is Finding Nemo. There were so many parts of it, so many different characters. It was extremely original. I liked the fact that it had, you know, a parent, like I said, separated from his child and he was trying to find him. It had Ellen DeGeneres in it. She was great. Um, it had, you know, uh, the characters that were inside the aquarium yeah. with, uh, not Gary Oldman. Who's, who's the other guy? Inside the aquarium. Yeah. I'm blanking right now. Okay, anyway. He was in Aquaman. Uh, Willem Dafoe? Willem Dafoe. Yeah, he was funny. It's not, oh, I, in the dentist office. In the dentist office. office. Sorry, like, in the know, dentist office. Okay. That's why Sorry. it threw me off for a Sorry, second. not the aquarium. Like, in the dentist office. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, was, he was great. It had the guy, it had, it had the guy from, uh, from Everybody Loves Raymond. Ray Romano? Yeah. No, I didn't have Ray Romano. Oh, His, Brad Garrett? Yeah, Brad Garrett. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and it was, just, it was just funny. It was – there were so many times in that movie where I was laughing. Again, in one of those movies that I could quote – at one point in time, I could quote so many lines from the movie. Um, mm-hmm. Just a cute film. Very, yeah. very cute. Absolutely. Um, that was my number two. Good. That's a great, that's a great answer. Uh, number two is Ratatouille. Uh, I love the film. I love everything about it. Um, it's a film that I did not realize I would connect to so much on a personal level. Um, it's obviously set in France. My sister at a time lived in France. Um, it's her favorite Pixar film. We've bonded over that a little bit. I think that makes it close for me. Um, obviously deals with a, a rat named Remy uh, and his journeys. Again, the brilliance of Pixar and it, it takes these characters that you normally wouldn't care about and you care about them deeply. Um, you know, it's, it seems like a silly premise that he's working for a chef and he's kind of making food and why would a rat want to make food for people? And it seems silly and it is, but again, you care about the character. You want the journey to be happy. You care about a rat in a kitchen. Like you want the rat to succeed. Like that's, you know, that doesn't happen a lot. Um, I loved everything about it. Ratatouille is my second favorite Pixar film. All right. Um, no surprise to me. Uh, if you were, if you were keeping track, there's only one Pixar movie left for me. Um, it's by far the number one Pixar film. And it's ironically, it is the first Pixar film. And it, to me, it's not close. In my opinion, it's not close. Um, I grew up watching this movie. I, like I said, this is one of the movies that I could recite from beginning to end. Um, there were so many funny moments between Tim Allen, Buzz Lightyear, and Woody, um, Tom Hanks, um, when they were fighting. When they're when they're when when Buzz Lightyear is convinced that he's a, that he's a superhero and he's not a toy. Yeah, um, it was so funny. It like this. There were so many lines. I remember reciting this when I went to school uh, with friends. Um, this this movie and Jurassic Park were the two movies of my childhood. Good. Um, and so it's for me. It's there, there. There really isn't much of a choice. It's Toy Story. A lot of people feel that way. That's original great. one. Good. 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 Uh, number one for me is The Incredibles, the first one. Um, loved everything about it. Still love it. Still watch it once or twice a year. Uh, love the characters, love the story. Um, for me growing up, you know, I mean, 2004 was when it was made. So I was already kind of grown up at that point, but there hadn't been a ton of superheroes on screen. 
Um, so I, I loved and connected to that part, obviously, because I'd grown up reading comics, and it very much plays out like a comic in front of you. Um, seeing it on the big screen um, has a special connection. Obviously, love Incredibles 2, and it's it's only made Incredibles 1 better um, just because of the legacy that it has. So that was all 21 Pixar films. Um, yeah, that was fun. We'll find something else to do a different time. Thank you for the question. Mm-hmm. As always, we appreciate it. Uh, if Joe had seen all 21 films, this may have taken would longer. Still be arguing. But that's okay. We're not arguing. We're just discussing how wrong you are. Oh, but that's okay. That's uh, we're going to hop into it. Box office-wise, nothing major open this week. Toy Story 4 still on top. Made another $60 million domestically. Um, it's going to chug along. It's looking like it'll hit the billion-dollar club, which was Toy Story 3 did. Um, Annabelle uh, Comes Home was the was the big wide release this week from Warner Brothers, which is part of the Conjuring universe. Um, I know a lot of people out there like the Conjuring universe and like those type of films. Um, Annabelle Comes Home is by far the lowest opening of a Conjuring film, though, which is a little concerning for Warner Brothers, obviously. Uh, This is James Wan's big franchise, is the Conjuring universe. James Wan did Conjuring 1 and Conjuring 2, and it was they were both rave hits. They were both extremely successful at the box office. Then all of a sudden James Wan is doing fast and furious films and he's doing Aquaman. And now he's only producing and kind of creatively overseeing it. Um, and now there's spinoffs and the nun and, and all these things, Annabelle, um, all these spinoffs have not had the same success of those first two conjuring films, which is a little, you know, concerning for Warner brothers, obviously. Um, cause James Wan can only direct one film at a time. Um, it doesn't look like he's going to go back to conjuring films. So interesting to see what they do, especially because of how low a disappointment Annabelle comes home is, uh, yesterday also came out the film, um, which from Danny Boyle and the Beatles only did $17 million worldwide. Um, not great, but again, it's not a big budget film. Reviews were lukewarm for the film. Um, not bad, not great. I still very much want to see it. I'm excited to give it a chance. We're seeing it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm still going to give it a chance. I still want to see it. Um, not great overall, though, for the film. Um, a couple other last news notes. Aladdin is now officially Will Smith's biggest film of all time. Um, it finally passed Independence Day, and I think that speaks a lot more to Independence Day as to how good Independence Day was and the legacy that Independence Day had because that was Will Smith's biggest film. Up until this point, um, the Endgame re-release or re-expansion into theaters did not prove very fruitful to Marvel. It only pulled in another $5.5 million. Um, a little disappointing from a Disney perspective. It means they're $26 million still short. It does not look like it's going to get to Avatar, at least in this run. They've already announced a digital date and a home release date. So unless they re-release it in theaters in December or January for an Oscars push, which they've talked about before... It's not going to pass Avatar. Um, I don't know if you read up on it, Joe, but they didn't. I did not go see it. Um, they didn't. They didn't change the film in any way. It's the same exact film that you see. Basically, all it had was an introduction in the beginning of the film from Anthony Russo, and then it had a deleted scene featuring the Hulk, uh, Professor Hulk, that was talked about by Joe Russo. 
had a small two-minute tribute from Stan Lee, and it had basically an extended trailer for Spider-Man Far From Home, and that was it. <laughs> so, you know, they didn't show new footage. It wasn't a new film. Like, when Avatar got released and re-released, it had new footage, had new scenes within the film. Um, this really was just the same film plus a deleted scene. So, I don't know. They made a kind of a big push, and nothing really kind of came out of it, as it were. Um, but don't worry, Marvel's still doing fine. Um, Spider-Man Far From Home is looking to track uh, a massive opening this week. Uh, I will be going on Tuesday. It's still to be determined if Joe's going. I don't know why um, you keep saying that. Of course, I might just not. I might just switch my movie time and not tell you okay, and go fine. by myself. And fine, you're just being so negative, Nancy, like about it. Do you like that? Whatever. Uh, you want to jump into the news, Joe? Yeah, sure. Um, the Simpsons uh, box office news and weekly recap. The Simpsons will have a panel. This was a surprise to me. Yeah, not because they're doing it, but the Simpsons will have a panel at D23 with Matt. With creator Matt Groening, yeah, this is not a this is a surprise to me that they weren't. Okay, did they have a panel anywhere? I mean, they've had panel at at cons before and expos okay. and things okay. like that, but this will be the first time. It's at D twenty three. Yeah, the first time a Disney owns oh, it. Oh, that's right. That's so. Right, that's right. That's right. This will be the first time that it will be an official Disney property. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, they have said it will be the Saturday morning panel in the arena, um, which is the same time as the Disney films in the in the expo hall. Um, so you obviously have to make a choice if you want to go see The Simpsons or the film one. I'm obviously going to try and sleep over and watch the film one. Yeah. Um, but there are a lot of people, obviously, that are massive, massive Simpsons, Simpsons fans. fans yeah. um, so this maybe will draw... Uh, I do have an article on this on the website on fanboyplanet.com. Please go and check out the website. Uh, it talks a little bit about what the panel is going to be. Um, there will be also, at some point during the panel on Saturday, they haven't released this yet, but some of the stars and Matt Groening will be there. They'll be signing autographs as well, which you can you can get autographs and take selfies with a bunch of stars at D23, just like you can <laughs> at Comic-Con and things like that. Uh, the final trailer for season three, Stranger Things, comes out. Uh, came out, and wow, it looks like a movie. It looks that good. Uh, oh, it comes out on July fourth. Um, I, I know I will at least watch one or two episodes on July fourth. Um, I love the show. I think it's um, it's probably Netflix's most important show right now. I mean, in terms of their own original content, we'll talk yes. a little bit about other shows on Netflix, but in terms of what it owns and its original IP, I think this is Netflix's most talked about, most watched show. Um, at least they said that about Stranger Things season two. Um, I know you haven't watched Stranger Things mm-hmm. yet, Joe, um, but I know you know people that do watch it yeah. and they talk about it. It's a Absolutely. big social media trending and, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's got people talking. Um, so I'm excited to check it out. Yeah. Um, and Sarnoff. We've talked about this before. Ann Sarnoff has been named the new Warner Brothers CEO. Uh, Kevin Tushihara, of course, is out following yeah. some a, inappropriate stuff that yeah, he was some doing. Controversy. Uh, a little bit about Ann Sarnoff. She previously was the COO, the chief operating officer of the WNBA. And then she, her most recent job, she was president of BBC America. This is the first time that a female has taken over uh is ceo at warner brothers which is one of the big studios um 
you know, everything of Warner Brothers will report to her from the streaming service to DC to uh, Harry to Harry Potter to everything. So this is a big, big thing. Absolutely. Um, don't know much about her personally, um, but you know, we'll see what happens. It's uh, you know, Warner Brothers is. Warner Brothers has a lot of great IPs. They have a lot of great films. They have a lot of great, you know, long-term contracts and things like that. Um, and that will lead us right into the next thing, which apparently Ann Sarnoff did have a part in. Uh, NBC Universal, uh, the streaming service coming out in 2021, will exclusively air The Office, uh, which means Netflix is losing it in mm-hmm. 2021. Mm-hmm. We talked about this before. The Office. Uh, the Steve Carell office is the most watched show on Netflix, which, yep. you know, it's hilarious. Uh, not only will it go off Netflix, it will go off right now. It airs on Netflix, comedy central, Paramount television. I think one or two, like coffee that are CW, things like that reruns. Um, so NBC is just making boatloads on the office just <laughs> by licensing it. Um, but they're going to, I don't know. You can, I'll ask you, you're more of an economics person than I am. Okay. That they are, they're getting so much money from the office okay. just by licensing it out to all these different platforms, but they're taking it back to put it on their own platform. Um, I mean, how risky is that to lose the guaranteed money that they're losing from all these other services, hoping that people will get on the the new universal app? You don't think they would? Part? I don't know. I mean, you I don't think I don't, that you don't think that having the office will be a will be a key. Component yeah, is is someone going to sign up for NBC Universal just, just for the office? No, not stuff? just for it, but we're but we're talking about companies. I mean, I, as an as an, I, I don't really know that I have an economics opinion on this. Sure, but in terms of but in terms of you know, we've been talking about streaming services coming out, and they're all kind of grabbing onto their own IPs right. so they can put them on their streaming services. Um, I saw an article on, I, I didn't actually read it, but it popped up on my news feed about how TV is about to get very expensive. And that makes sense because yeah. there's going to be no shows on and people aren't going to be paying for advertisements, advertisements and, right. and whatnot. So, I mean, it makes sense as to why they're doing it. I mean, I don't, it would be from, from an economic standpoint, it would be interesting to see what the cost-benefit analysis is of having it on your own streaming services versus, as you were saying, leasing it out to all these other... So Netflix itself, just Netflix, offered $100 million to keep it on for one year. Maybe. maybe I don't know. Maybe they think they're going to get more than $1 yeah. million dollars in subscribers. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, NBC does have all the sports and everything like that. So it's yeah, I mean, NBC does have some valuable... Some valuable properties. IPs. Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah, I, I don't know. We talked about this before. I just... Uh, now it's official that The Office is going to be. So on day one, whenever that is, on 2021, um, the only place you can watch The Office will be on NBC Universal. Of course, you can still buy the Blu-ray thing. Um, but, you know, big, big news. I'm, I'm sure Netflix... Obviously, Netflix put $100 million down. And they were like, hey, we'll, we'll pay $100 million per year. To let us have it, and they were like, "Nope, you can you can run out the contract now." But 2021, it's ours again. So Netflix is again. This could be more of a conversation about Netflix, how they're losing. That's they're losing. That's, that's I think is the bigger issue yeah. here is not 
is not do you think NBC is going to get followers on their on their streaming service? It's going to be what's going to be left for Netflix. Yeah, they're already going to lose. Um, yeah, they're not getting any more Marvel films. They're not getting any more Star Wars films. So they're losing. I mean, that's why we talked about they're investing so much in their own IPs because yeah. they're not going to have much once they all all these other streaming services go. And it's go interesting. Up, so. It's interesting because they're in our backyard. You know. Yeah, they're right they, down the street. They uh, they built new offices. They moved offices. Um, brand new state of the art office off of uh, Winchester, and yeah. uh, you know we'll see. I'm I'm not I'm not expecting their company to go to go belly up, but I'm expecting them to lose significant viewership. Right, and I wouldn't be surprised if they cancel their DVD service sometime soon. I didn't even know that was still on. It's still on, honest. absolutely. Interesting, interesting. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that gets canceled. Well, let us know. I know a lot of you guys watch The Office on Netflix. I know people that literally watch The Office from start to finish, and then when it's over, they'll just restart it again. Um, I get it. It's hilarious. It's it's great. Um, let us know if losing. The Office on Netflix will make you lose Netflix in general. Will it make you sign up for Universal? Or will you just get the Blu-ray? Who knows? Yeah. Um, either way, NBC Universal would win because then you'd buy the Blu-ray from them. Yeah. So there's that. Uh, at this point of the month, we've done all of our recommendations for the month. So that means we're looking forward to July. In terms of film, there is not a bunch of films that come out this month. Um, there are some smaller ones, but nothing really of significance Talked about this last week. This, in terms of the box office, this gonna be the big hit. This really looks like it's a tale of two films for the box office this month. What? If you say so. I mean, I'm still in terms I'm of still, in terms of I'm the still, box office. I'm still. I'm, I'm. I'm. I mean, Quentin Tarantino is good counter programming. Of course. I mean, it could you're be one have, of the best films of the year. We don't. Yeah, know. you're going to have plenty of people that actually want to see this movie that don't want to see the. Disney films. So yeah. well, Spider-Man films. Fire from Home is not or a Disney film. Films. Which will lead us into July 2nd, a couple days from now. Uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. On a Tuesday. On a Tuesday. So it does beat the weekend, the 4th of July weekend. So it gets out in front of the holiday. And then you're obviously hoping that people are off for the holiday. Um, so people have nothing to do. So they go to the movies. Um, again, we've seen... Big films open up after the Avengers film, um, where it gets that kind of post-Avengers bump or pre-Avengers bump. Again, the character of Spider-Man is so popular overall that I think it'd do well in general. But I think it's going to do do very well. Reviews have been glowing so far for this film. Um, you know, mid-90s, which is kind of what you know a lot of the recent Phase 3 films have been. Um, so I'm obviously excited about it. Joe's going. I know I make a joke about it. Joe's going because he's being a good friend. Thank but you. But do you have any optimism about enjoying the film? I know you liked Homecoming to a certain extent. I mean, to a certain extent, you liked Tom Holland. He's I actually fine. didn't mind the Amazing Spider-Man two, even sure. though even though we talked, even though you talk about that being one of the worst films ever. I actually liked one of the worst one Spider-Man of, films. One of the worst like, Spider-Man films. Yeah. I actually liked it. Yeah, I thought it was good. I thought it told a great message. I liked the fact that somebody actually. Not liked, but I thought it was refreshing that somebody actually died in a Marvel film. Um, mm-hmm. So it didn't just sugarcoat everything. 
Um, no, Uncle Ben dies in all the Spider-Man films, <laughs> buddy. Um, great power and great responsibility. Am I? Am I? Am I optimistic by answering this question? Am I optimistic with this with the new Spider-Man? I will try to be for you, because I'm I'm not thinking this is going to be a huge hit. Because at the box office, or in your opinion. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm just burnt out from Marvel films in sure. general, and I don't want to see them anymore. It's, there's been a lot, so this will be the last one I see for a while. That's and good because the next one won't come out till May of next year. Good, and it'll be Black Widow, and you can get all excited about a Black mm, Widow. Maybe film. Uh, we'll see. Uh, so am I, I, am I going to be optimistic? I will try. Great. That is I'm gonna all. Go. That is all. I'm going to go. I'm going to try and I will try to enjoy myself. That is all the people of the world can ask. All right. All right. Um, You are such a. The next movie that I'm the next movie that we're going to talk about, I'm probably will not see. um, He he won't even just go in no movie and because it's going to be the same damn thing. What movie is that, Joe? It comes out July 19th, The Lion King. It's going to be the same exact movie. I already have my tickets. I don't care. I'm already excited. Who cares? Um, a lot of people care. Oh, my God. Um, you know. It's going to have Seth Rogen as Pumbaa. Pumbaa. I mean. Donald Glover's in it. Beyonce's in it. I, I mean, could care less. All right. Yes, it, it very much looks like it can be a copy Frame by frame, and I'm copy. sure it's gonna kill it, just like Aladdin killed it. Yeah, I mean, I again, I did not like Aladdin that much. We talked about it a little bit, but again, people obviously will go see it. It's very much looks to be a family film. Yeah. Um. Again, which Disney obviously is a four corner marketer. Um. They will sell tickets to anybody. I don't care if you're three years old; they'll sell you a ticket. Um. You know, I mean. Who knows? I do like John Favreau. Again, it looks incredibly realistic, at least from the trailers. You know, part of it is just I liked the Jungle Book so much, so that gives me hope for it. Yeah, I know um, you really, you were really, you're really high and mighty on the at, Jungle Book, which which I, which makes sense that you're looking forward to this. At um, at D twenty three in twenty seventeen, they actually showed the entire sequence of Circle of Life. Um, that was the first sequence that they completed for this film. Uh, it looked amazing. Looked incredible. Again, obviously being in the room with a bunch of Disney fans obviously heightens your excitement. So I get that. The euphoria kind of makes you maybe feel like the it's better euphoria. than it is. I like um, but, you know, I'm there. I'm going to give it a chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for the most part, I have not, I don't know, I've not been disappointed by the Disney remake. Some of the films I did not like. I did not like Dumbo, per se. But even the mediocre ones like Beauty and the Beast, things yeah, like that, you, they're gorgeous. Yeah, they're gorgeous to look at. They're enjoyable. Um, I get something out of it. Um, so, yeah, you know, I will be there. Yeah. Um, I will let you guys know how it goes. Uh, Joe will not. Joe refuses to be a part of commercialism. So good for you, Joe. Good for you to. <laughs> Good for you for standing up to the man. Joe refuses to be part of commercial. I, I have plenty of Apple products. It's I, not commercialism. I, uh, I applaud you, Joe, for it's standing not, up to the not, man. It's not commercialism. I'm just an ornery, middle-aged guy who is closed-minded. That's, I, that, I that, applaud that's, you, that's, Joe. That's, that's the best way to describe it. I applaud it. you, Joe, for your unique, your unique approach to life. 
July 26th. Yes. Once upon a time in yes. Hollywood. We are obviously going to check this out at some point. Absolutely. I hope they show it in the in the eight millimeter or whatever it was. The uh, yeah, I I don't know because we saw we saw it we saw uh, the hateful eight when in a special engagement. I don't there there Oak are Ridge, no there that are was no, very cool. uh, there are no special engagements for no. this. Okay, uh, but again, hateful eight was a longer film. That's true. Um, that he had shot and didn't realize how long it was. Um, so this is, feel like it's going to okay. be more of like an actual frame. Um, has great movie stars. Uh, great you know great writer director. Um interesting premise original premise um yeah it has everything that you as a as a auteur film goer um that you're looking forward to seeing absolutely um so it's got a lot of buzz it's played some film festivals um the buzz is growing for the film and you know it could make a surprise at the box office but i think overall i think people are just looking to see a good film at this point in a summer that has been littered with remakes and sequels and spinoffs. That's my point. Um, you know, people are looking that's forward to this point. film. That's your point. You just love saying, that's my point. Even yeah. though you don't like say what Poppy, the point is. That's my point. All right. No, I, my point is, is we're set where I, me person, not we, I don't want to say we, I don't want to speak for the American people or people worldwide. Um, I, I. Now that people know that. I. <laughs> Can I talk? Go talk. I I am overly saturated with remakes, spin-offs, and what was the other word you said? Prequels, prequels, sequels. sequels. That's why I'm all I'm I am I am more pessimistic about remakes, sequels, and prequels than you are. Mm-hmm. Because I've seen plenty of them to know to I've seen plenty of them to influence my opinion that I don't want to see. To form a judgment. To form a judgment, absolutely. Okay. Um, this movie looks original. It, it's got Brad Pitt and Leo DiCaprio, or two amazing actors. Um, there aren't many movies actually that I've seen recently that Brad Pitt has been in that he has not been very good in. Did you like him in Deadpool two? He was in Deadpool two. I thought it was what's his name played Cable. Josh Brolin. I thought Josh Brolin played Cable. It was a very short cameo from Brad Pitt in Deadpool oh. 2. He was in it, though. That's funny. Yeah. That's funny. Was he it, dies was it like funny? 10 seconds in. Was it funny? Cameo. It was funny. Okay. It was good. I appreciated him making the cameo appearance. <laughs> he said he only did it because he and Ryan Reynolds are friends. So I appreciated <laughs> That's it. That's funny. Um, but yeah, once once you're good, you're all good. Yeah, you want to yeah, check yeah. it out? Yeah, oh, absolutely. I'm good. I'm let me know when you want to go and let's get tickets right away. Great. So you will see two films this month. Yes. So you got to start taking one, advantage one of this. One begrudgingly. I thought you just said you were going open-minded, Joe. I'm unsure what changed in like the last 15 seconds. Um, this is going to be a quick little, yeah, little we, chat. Yeah, we we we're, um, we're, we're But we time. are um, Tim Burton's 1989 Batman is celebrating his 30th film anniversary this summer. Um, you know, it, it's uh, two things. One, it really sets up Tim Burton as a director going forward. But was two, this his first film? No, it, it wasn't his first uh, Pee Wee, uh, Pee Wee Herman's Adventure. He made it where Scissor Hands after Batman. Okay. Um, but really, this is the first, you know, Superman had been in, in film on 70s, but Absolutely. again, Batman really 
you know, was the it's first one. It's more of a one. noir film. Yeah, it um, obviously has set up, you know, to the fact that Batman will be on screen forever. I mean, at this point, it's hard to... You may not like that or not, but Batman will be on screen forever. I, yeah, I, I, um, I believe you. You know, I mean... I know where Joe's going to go with this question, but I'll ask it no, anyways. Go for it. Go for it. Um, what, what, ha- surprising. what has separated the Nolan films from the other Batman okay, films? Cause I know a, that's a good question. Cause I know that I know you're going to um, say the Nolan films are better. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But asking me a reason why, um, I, I liked the Nolan films. um, the reason that I'm not like a huge fan of Tim Burton per se, and I, the reason I liked Christopher Nolan film, the Christopher Nolan Batman's more, was because I can I can I can remember the Tim Burton films, in particular the Penguin, the Joker played by Jack Nicholson, who was very good by the way, as being more quirky. It was more funny. I didn't see it okay. as being. I didn't see it as being dark, sinister, serious. Um, okay. Like Batman was a serious character. Like I didn't take him seriously. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. It was more. It was more like 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 the movie. Another movie I actually really like by Tim Burton is The Beetlejuice, and that's very quirky. Yeah. And it's very hard. Like it's an enjoyable film, mm-hmm. but you know, but it doesn't. It doesn't. I don't think it really in depth explores the the thoughts and feelings of Batman. Okay, I I I think that the Christopher Nolan films did that. Um, I would say that the original Batman. The the first two Batman's Batman and Batman's Returns are definitely ahead of their time. Mm-hmm. They were definitely like you say they they paved the way not only for his career but for the way that the way the Batman story could be told. Right. Um, and even Christopher Nolan's come out and said that those films well, are a big influence. On, yeah, on and I, obviously they are. He chose to do a Batman trilogy. Right. Um, I don't think they're bad films. I just I just think. That you know, we talked about the X Men movies versus the Marvel MCU movies, mm. and how they were the pioneers. They were the original superheroes on screen. They came out first, but they really didn't expand on the types of stories that could be told. Mm-hmm. And Mar and the MCU has done that. Yeah, I see that as being Christopher Nolan and Tim Burton. Tim Burton has a certain style. Right. And people like that style or they don't like that style. It's very polarizing. Right. Um, I'm not a huge fan of that style. Okay. And I appreciate, but I do appreciate the originality. Um, I mean, it's the first time you see the bat, the Batmobile on screen. It was, it was, it's very cool. Yeah. Um, it's not like the, it's not like the goofy TV show that right. I used to watch growing up in it's the It's more 80s. about the actual character. Yes. I mean, it, it, it touches on that, but I don't think – not to the extent of the Christopher Nolan films. Okay. So I'll – good points. I'll, I'll disagree with you a little bit, which is okay. Uh, I think Batman 89 really is um, straight out of the comics. Mm-hmm. It really feels like it's a straight See, I read comics, Batman so I film. Yeah. 
Um, Batman Returns very much feels like a Tim Burton film um, with the Batman as a character. Um, And I think that was part of the reason why Warner Brothers did not decide to keep Tim Burton for Batman Forever. They really wanted more of a... um, And even Joel Schumacher has come out and said this. She directed Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. You know, Batman Returns was too dark for the studio. They needed a film to sell more toys. They needed a film to sell more Happy Meals. They needed... You know, it needed to be more commercial. Um, And that worked for Batman Forever to a certain extent, but Batman and Robin tanked it at the box office. So they had to reset at some point. You know, Christopher Nolan's Batman Begins, it's beautiful. It's stunning. It embodies everything that the character is. Okay. Um, But? There's no but for Batman Begins. Well, no, but you're saying... Batman Begins is great. Um, Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises really does veer, take a hard right turn from the source material. And it really feels like it. Again, that's fine. So, so what? It's fine. Um, you don't. You don't think that Bat- the Dark Knight was a dark film as, compared to Batman Returns? You, you think? You think Batman Returns was a darker film than the Dark Knight? Uh, I don't think Batman Returns is dark. I just think it's a different type of tone of film. Uh, so I agree with I don't you. Know. In I'm that just. Sense. I'm, I'm listening to what you're saying, and uh-huh. you said, and you made a comment about how. How it needed to be more commercialized, and that's why and it was too dark of a film, and that's why they went in a different direction. Right. If, if Batman Begins did not have the success that it did, Christopher Nolan would course, not have been given the chance to do of The course, Dark Knight. Of course. And then all of a sudden, The Dark Knight hits, and it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. And then Christopher Nolan Don't can make that. can make any movie he wants for the rest Don't of his life. Don't that. Which is fine. Um, I obviously have, you know, I like Dark Knight Rises. There are several things I don't like about it. We're not okay. going to go on that's a diatribe about fine. that. Um, it's hard to make an so, argument. So it's hard cr- to make an cr- argument that Christopher Nolan's trilogy, the three films, are not the greatest trilogy ever in terms of superhero films. But your bone to pick with them is that they're not necessarily true to the source material. Because that's I'm listening. Yeah, to, to I'm a listening certain to extent. To a certain extent. I mean, the Dark Knight is largely. There are plenty of MCU films that don't do that. that of course, you enjoy. of course, absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Um, the Dark Knight is largely, um, largely held together by Heath Ledger. Um, again, amazing, amazing performance. Why are you staring at me like? No, that? I'm listening. Oh, okay. I'm just listening. You're staring at me like you no. want to shoot me. Um, it's obviously an amazing film. Um, again, I think. And this can be a larger conversation, but I I think because the Dark Knight trilogy was so, so good, like it's so good. It's not perfect. People love it so much. It set the other DC films back because they always had to measure it by a certain standard. Okay, we're getting off topic. We're talking about... Sure, we're talking about Batman. We're talking about Tim Burton's Batman. I'm just just thinking like... Mm -hmm. Are we comparing Tim Burton's Batman? No, to, I don't think you can. Nolan I don't think you can. Because that was your question. I don't think you can. Com- I don't think you can compare them to. They're, they're apples and oranges, right? Um, I mean, they're both fruit, but that's a, that's where the comparison ends. You like that? Was that a good uh, enough pun for you? It was something. Um, you know, I, yeah, maybe I. Uh, yeah, this might need to be a larger conversation. Yeah, we never we really should. run into we this should. time. That's fine. Um, but but that's okay. I, I can we wrap it up with a bow? Yeah. What's the bow? Go for it. I don't I'm know. You. You I don't know what the bow is. Go ahead. Go ahead and wrap it up for me. I'm lost now. 
What do you mean you're lost? We were just comparing Christopher Nolan and Batman to... to um, yeah, I will say that it's December, the, the 1989 Batman film, again... It's revolutionary. It's it's worth a watch. It's oh, worth a rewatch. I, I do want to watch it. I, the, watch it I saw it in the Fathom events a couple months ago. It'd be the first time I've seen it in probably 10 years. Didn't realize how much I actually liked it. Uh, realized how much of an influence um, it had on not just Batman films going forward, but superhero films going forward again. 1989 there were no marvel films out there was nothing Nothing. out Um, and it really was this character that a lot of people i think the budget because they had this little short documentary before the fathom event oh that's cool and it was like it was like a five minute thing it wasn't that long but it was like the budget was 60 million dollars at the time it was like revolutionary and everyone thought this film was going to film and it like made all of its money back like and it was this massive success and it just spawned this entire like regeneration and rebirth of the batman comics and you know, how important Batman is to popular culture and things like that. Um, So, yeah, I've always wanted to see, um, yeah, we'll talk about it later. No, it's all good. You see what? So Tim Burton at one point was hired to do the Superman film. Uh, Nicholas Cage was going to be Superman. Um, Oh, I think you told me about this. But again, part of the failure of not the failure, but you know, Batman (laughs) returns was very divisive. Uh, again, there was just like a Tim Burton film. There was a large contingent of people that love it, yeah, and there was a lot of people that did not like it. Um, so once the the you know Batman Returns had a mixed reception, Tim Burton was not only released from doing a potential Batman three, but they did not want him doing Superman film. And then obviously he starts to do films, you know, Ed Wood and things like that, and his career starts to go a different path, which is probably better for him versus doing so much commercial work, as it were. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let us know what you guys think about the 1989 Batman film. It's uh, it's a good movie. Michael Keaton certainly helps kind of jet set his career, and mm-hmm. you've kind of seen his career go from there. Uh, speaking, he's had, of, he's had a resurgence. Yeah. Of speaking late, of which my, is yeah, good. Michael Keaton, which is good. Spider Man Far From Home. I'll see you Tuesday night, buddy. Is he in it? They've said he's in it. They said he's reprising his role. I don't know how because he's in jail. It's part of the last one. But who knows? I'm excited to see it. Uh, we're going to end with some positive news this time. Joe positive seems sad. News. Joe seems sad. I don't know if that conversation made him sad or not. Would I, be sad? I don't know, Jim. Joe's just excited to watch Game of Thrones tonight. He just yes. can't stop talking about it. Yes. Uh, theme parks. This is very exciting news for me personally. Soaring over well, California. Go. Are you going? Soaring over California has been extended through August 31st. Guess what? That's the end of the expo. It's the end of August. Oh. So now I will be able to check out Soaring over California for the first time ever. Nice. I'm very, very excited about that. It was originally supposed to end at the end of July. Nice. But they've extended it for a month. The expo, I believe, is the 27th, 28th, 29th. Cool. I'll be there for a couple of days before. I can go to the park after the expo if I really want to. Nice. Um, so I will be checking out Soaring over California. So I'm very, very excited about that. Inside Out Emotional Whirlwind is officially opened at Disney California Adventure. Uh, it's kind of what is advertised. It's very much just like a, a little flyer ride around. Um, basically looks like Flix flyers from a Bugs Land. Uh, part of me feels like I mean, Inside Out is such a big world. They could actually make a really cool attraction. But two things. Limited space. You know, limited space obviously is a big one. Uh, but two, they Disney California needs family friendly rides because they lost a whole, they lost an entire land basically in a bugs land in a bugs land. Um, yeah, but so, how busy was it? 
I mean, it might it might not have been busy to everyone, but it had a lot of little kids in there, right? Parents could take their little kids because those are the rides they could actually well, go yeah, on. Yeah, we're saying that, but I'm saying every time I walked through there, there was never any lines. Yeah. It was just a place to walk through to get from Cars Land. That, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> from it, Guardians to Cars. From Guardians to Cars. Now you got to walk all the I way know, around. I know. I'm just saying. Like, I just thought that was – I just I, – I don't remember seeing a huge line. Yeah, I just, I just think the Marvel stuff is going to be obviously – an older type of you know kind Demographic. of yeah, and so they need to make sure that they have. There's not a fantasy land, obviously, in Disney California. You know, so they need to kind of. There's some little rides in Disney California um, in terms of in Radiator Springs. Obviously, they can do like Little Mermaid and things like that, but Maybe there's not a whole. You know, so it makes sense. I will say the outline, the pictures look very cool. Um, did you? You didn't check it Inside Out, mm-hmm. did you? So again, there's kind of all of the the background. The backdrop has all of the emotion balls, um, which have different emotions, and you know you can get in a different um, kind of like the Ferris wheel, where you get into a cart and it's it represents a different emotion. Gotcha. I don't know. I mean, I probably won't ride cool. it, but I mean, it looks to be very very cool. Yeah. Um, so there's that um, little retrospective one year Pixar pair Disney California's Ventures. I'm just going to ask you a real quick basic question. Okay. Um, is Disney California better because of Pixar Pier than it was before when it was just the boardwalk? That's actually a really tough question. I don't. I know you like the theming a lot better, but I don't know that the theming was that. I don't know that the theming was. I don't know that the theming was necessarily was necessary. Okay. I know you like it a lot more. You think it's you I, think it's more in line, but I just. I mean, I don't know. That's a really good question. I'd be interested to see what the uh, what people what the people say in terms of you know how many writers and stuff are actually going to these rides now, right? Um, you know, and visiting that part of the. I know the roller coaster is much more popular okay. now. It doesn't mean it's a better ride, though. I'm not saying yeah. it's a better ride. No, but it's more popular. That 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 was my point. Right. Um. I I think. I mean, it makes sense to have it. It it's certainly the theming is more appropriate in terms of if they're going to make the Incredicoaster coaster and Inside Out and. They have Toy Story Midway. You know, it makes sense to be Pixar Pier. Right. So there's their continuity there. Yeah. But would they have made the Incredicoaster if they didn't make it Pixar Pier? Probably not. Right. So I think Pixar Pier was the original genesis of the idea, and they decided to make the theming of different rides, you know, to coincide with the Toy Story Midway Mania. Yeah. I Maybe. maybe. I could see – both sides of it. One, I like the idea of again. We just we just went over. We spent twenty minutes rating Pixar films. I obviously like the Pixar films, um, so I like that. But there is again this larger conversation of losing the um, uniqueness of certain lands in the park, um, especially in Disney California, yeah, when it's but- based on the boardwalk. Now it really is just. Just based on intellectual property. I don't. Yeah, you I know, don't. So you can see both sides of it. I don't know. I mean, you do bring up that point a couple. You have brought up that point before, and I'm not sure that it resonates with. I'm not sure that there's many. I'm sure there are some diehards out there that are like, "Yeah, I don't want to see the same land at every park." Yeah, but I'm sure there are a lot of people 
because obviously they see the same Disney movie over and over. Uh, except for Jim. Except for me. Um, who want to see who want to see these IP lands. And to me it's it, it's very con- it, it 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 adds to the continuity of it. It Disney is all about the theming and yes, they have changed their theming to be all IPs. But it's still consistent though. Yeah. Um except for having Star Wars, except for having Star Tours and Tomorrowland when they have a Star Wars land. That's we've talked about that we'll and they're going to fix that. that. Um, um anyway. Yeah. Um do it. Yeah. I mean, I I like the theming. I I don't know that it was this, that it was really necessary, but I'm glad it's a, it, it's a good facelift. Okay. Good, good. Um, at this point during the month, we would normally select a Disneyland, Disneyland, California attraction. However, we're running a little bit along, so we're going to save this for next week. Okay. Um, but I did want to give you guys a Galaxy's Edge update. Yep. Um, so Disneyland is doing something very, very cool with Galaxy's Edge. Again, it's not just everyone can just run into the land and go. Now you get a virtual queue. Um, so you have to get on the Disneyland app. The virtual queue will tell you what time to get into the land. Nice. So it gives you like a half an hour, an hour. I think it's an hour time frame to get into the Once you're into the land, you can stay in the land as long as possible. But once you leave the land, you have to get back into the virtual queue. They still do not give fast passes for uh, Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run. Um, that is still a just wait all the way through. There is single rider line though um, as well. I think the max they've hit is about 90 minutes so far, and part of that is simply because they've controlled the amount of people going in, which is very, very cool. I I hope that they do it for a while. My guess is they'll do it for at least through the summer. My hope is that they keep it like this. Um, I think that'd be very, very cool. Because, again, if you let everyone go, obviously it's just going to be a massive congestion within the land. Um, Controlling the number of people that go in obviously lets you feel free to walk around and visit all the things. Um, day of reservations are still are required for Oga's Cantina, which is only drinks. There is nothing um, that is the one place you can get alcoholic drinks. Um, and Savvy's Workshop um, is where you get the lightsabers. Yes, um, and you make a reservation the day of, and that goes within your queue time frame. Um, and cool. you make the reservation; it's for two people. I I spoke to uh, so I had spoken I, I had talked to this one family regarding Galaxy's Edge and they had visited Galaxy's Edge during the during the like the preview the period. preview time. I spoke to not only the son who I teach who I taught at school, he was the one that got the lightsaber and told me about how cool it was, but his mom also confirmed the exact same sentiments that her son gave. Um, regarding the land and how cool it was. And I asked her, I said, are you going to go back this year? And her response was no, because the, because it was a perfect vacation because they limited the amount of people that could be in there. So you didn't have to worry about fighting for space or you could get food and actually sit down at the, at the food court and stuff like that. It was very, very well done. Yeah. So she expressed very, uh, she was very pleased with how with with her taking the trip, and she said it was definitely worth the money. Nice. Um, yeah, I'm actually glad to hear that they're having this virtual queue because, you know, I mean, it's probably a fire hazard too. They probably have to have right. crowd. Con- you can't have so many people in this one area, right? And there would be. So 
I mean, kudos to them. I mean, we talked about this before about how who how are they going to how are they going to discipline people and enforce this? But it yeah. sounds like they're doing a really seamless job. Yeah, I mean, everyone that is has gone even the last week with when the you know the preview period is over, they they've loved it. They found that they can walk through the land. Very cool. Uh, you know, because a lot of people are going, they can take pictures and kind of be around it. And you know, I mean, my not my I don't want to say my worst nightmare. But my nightmare is going and then just trying to like see the morning Fight walking, for people. you know, trying to get a space, take a picture and kind of be there and just not being able to walk through the shops and the lands and just to, yeah, of course I want to ride the Millennium Falcon ride. But part of me just like wants to experience, take, yeah, take the half mile walk around the land and just see everything in it. Like just see all the unique Disney things that they do, all the hidden, you know, all that Easter cool eggs. stuff. Yeah. I mean, just to kind of experience it um so for me that's very very cool again i'm not going to make it till august but i'm hoping that they do this at least through then because if you know i can find a time to go through i think it'd be very very cool Uh, i'm excited to go with joe whenever joe and i do decide to go at some point um it'll be a good time maybe we'll go in october or something like that um we'll check it out We'll, we'll see um but yeah i think that's all the time we have for today it's looking like it's going to be a really good show next week. We'll have some reviews. Um, we, we're going to talk about uh, Disneyland or Disney California attraction. We've got some other very, very cool stuff coming out. Um, I'm going to put $20 on it right now. Joe is going to love Spider-Man Far From Home. Love it. He's going to love it. Love it. This is how optimistic I am right okay. now. Joe's going to walk out. Are you out sure you're not, speaking through, you're not looking through rose glasses? I already know that I'm going to love it because I have faith. I know you're going to love it. Um, I'm saying, are you sure you're not looking at it through that I'm going to love it? That you're going to love it. Okay. I have that much faith in it, and I have that much faith in you as a person, Joe. <laughs> Let's put it that way. As always, please like, share, comment, rate, review, and subscribe. We love all of you guys for listening, whether you're listening from San Jose, whether you're listening from Michigan. Uh, or all New York. over the world um, New York, anywhere means the world to us um, we are only doing this because you guys are listening otherwise it'd just be two random people talking in their living room um, on a random Sunday night but we're doing it for you guys because you guys Absolutely. enjoy it so thank you so much, anything else? Um, no, no, that's it, just keep the uh, questions, comments coming we always appreciate it and we'll get to it and you know, always a good time and thanks for listening Thanks so much. Have a good week.